for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Welcome to another living life. Uh, during this pandemic, I feel that I am reminded daily of how little control that I actually have over my life and everything that goes around me. You know, the other day, my internet router broke. And I didn't have internet in my house for about two days. Uh, so what's the big deal, right? Internet is out, it's no big deal, right? Uh, actually, it was a really big deal for me and my family. Uh, my daughter, she's doing remote online classes right now because she can't go to school. Well, she couldn't do it. So we had to find another way for her to be able to attend these classes. And I realized that we rely on the internet a lot more than I like to admit. You know, I had all these fancy gadgets in my house, my TV that has no cable, uh, my computer, my tablets, the video game consoles that I have, everything. It relied on this one little thing, the internet. And we couldn't really do anything. You know, it's really hard for us to still go outside as a family because of the pandemic and everything. So we were home uh, without the TV on, uh, without our tablets on, and silence for most of it. Too much silence that I like to admit. And it was so eerie uh, in bits and pieces. Uh, but when we are forced to deal with even a very small change in our lives, uh, we see how little control we actually had. You know, today we're continuing our meditation on the book of Daniel, and we see even kings, uh, kings who are in charge of immense and powerful empires, actually have very little control of everything in their lives. Uh, so join me in reading today's passage. Daniel chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine with them. While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem, so that the king and his nobles, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them. So they brought in the gold goblets that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem, and the king and his nobles, his wives, and his concubines drank from them. As they drank the wine, they praised the gods of gold and silver, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Suddenly, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote. His face turned pale, and he was so frightened that his legs became weak and his knees were knocking. The king summoned the enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. Then he said to these wise men of Babylon, Whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around his neck, and he will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or tell the king what it meant. So King Belshazzar became even more terrified, and his face grew more pale. His nobles were baffled. The queen, hearing the voices of the king and his nobles, came into the banquet hall. May the king live forever, she said. Don't be alarmed. Don't look so pale. 
There is a man in your kingdom who has a spirit of the holy gods in him. In the time of your father, he was found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom like that of the gods. Your father, King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed him chief of the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. He did this because Daniel, whom the king called Belteshazzar, was found to have a keen mind and knowledge and understanding, and also the ability to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel, and he will tell you what the writing means. In today's passage, uh, King, King uh, Belshazzar, he makes a sudden and unanticipated appearance in the story. Uh, we know that he's the king of Babylon, and we see him in today's story out of nowhere uh, bring out all the treasures that were brought from the sacking of the Temple of Jerusalem uh, to be used in this little party, this little gathering that he's having with him and his officials. Now, though we cannot actually read King Belshazzar's mind, uh, we see that his actions, they actually reveal his heart. Uh, he uses all the goblets that were meant to be used in the temple for worship, and he uses them as a wine glass for him and his party guests. He goes further, actually, and he actually uses those same glasses that were used for the temple for worship. And instead, he praises the gods of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Why did he pick those things? because idols were made from gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Uh, Belshazzar, uh, he made sure to be able to praise every idol out there. And what he did was he dishonored Yahweh God with his actions. He purposely misused the objects that were supposed to be associated with the worship of God and instead actually used them to be able to praise other false gods. You know, the problem in the ancient world and the problem with King uh, Belshazzar wasn't that he didn't believe in Yahweh God. It's not that he didn't believe in the Israelite God. He actually did believe in Yahweh God. They all believed in many, many gods. It wasn't that big a deal for them to believe in one additional God. You know, he believed in the existence of many gods and Yahweh God was just one of many. But for him, it was a very simple equation. Uh, the Babylonians, they defeated the Israelites. Therefore, his gods were more powerful than Israel's one God. And that's why he had no problem dishonoring this God through his speech and his actions. You know, we're not King Belshazzar. Uh, we don't have the same pantheon of gods that he did. Uh, but we too actually often, without actually knowing, dishonor God with our own words and our actions as well. You know, we don't have idols that are made out of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Uh, but an idol is actually anything in our lives that we place over God. You know, it doesn't have to be made out of these things. Uh, if you look at him, gold, silver, and all the things that he listed, uh, none of them are actually bad things on their own. Uh, but the moment that people started to believe that they were more powerful than God, then that is when the problem arises. Uh, for King Belshazzar, he had this clear hierarchy in his mind. Uh, Marduk was a Babylonian god. He was on top. Uh, Sin was the name of another god. I think that's a very appropriate name for a god. Uh, that was another god on his list. And Yahweh was way down the list of his list of gods. Uh, so the question that I want to ask you today is, where is God on your list? On the list of all the most important things in your life, where is God on your list? Is he on top? Is he a little bit lower? Uh, where is he in comparison to career, family, wealth, comfort? Where is he on that list of all the things that you consider important? Or how about this? 
When you find yourself in trouble, where is he on that list? Do you go to him first, second, third? Do you turn to other people first? Do you try to do it on your own? Where is he on that list? And I actually read something interesting about how Christians read scripture. Uh, they say many Christians, they often read scripture in the same way. Uh, they read it and they align themselves automatically with the hero in the story. Uh, so when you read scripture, we are Moses, we are Esther, we're Paul, we're David, we're Daniel, uh, but we're never Pharaoh. We're never the Pharisees. We're never Goliath. Uh, we're never the evil king or the evil queen. Uh, very easy for us even today to look at Belshazzar and judge him for his very foolish things that he had done. Uh, but often that same heart is actually inside of each and every one of us, that we dishonor God by living our lives as if God has no control over it, or perhaps living our lives as thinking that God has a little bit of control, that he is in control of this one area, but he's not in control of the rest. And that's the heart that we often possess as well. And we have that heart. We're not too different from what King Belshazzar is doing in today's passage. You know, the passage continues for him, and he says that suddenly the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote, and his face turned pale, and he was so frightened that his legs became weak and his knees were knocking. You know, this hand came out of nowhere and started writing something on the walls, and the king, it just frightened him so much that he turned pale, and he was shaking, literally shaking and no one was able to decipher it. You know, he got all the enchanters, astrologers, all those people who were supposed to be able to know these things, that none of them, none of the wise people in his great kingdom was able to decipher this message and see whose hand it actually was. You know, it actually takes often for us the worst moments of our lives to see how little control we actually have. And that's what happened to Belshazzar, and it often happens to us as well, that when these things happen, we too become confused. We too become frightened. Uh, but there's actually only one way for us to gain understanding behind all of this. And it has nothing to do with the wisdom of this world. It has nothing to do with anybody else in this world. It's only to do with God. If we rely on God, if we keep our faith in Him, if God is the top of our list in all of these different areas, then we actually understand the will of God. We're able to understand the will of God and be able to follow it. Otherwise, we too are like Belshazzar, just confused and frightened, not knowing what the whole situation is going on. You know, when we have gotten much lower on our list, you know, that's when all the problems start to arise. You know, we got to know that God is not only in control of our spirituality, God is not only in control in the four walls of the church, but God is actually in control of everything. Everything that we do, every aspect of our lives, all the things that we are going through, God is in control of it all. And only, only when we are able to understand it, acknowledge it, and live our lives accordingly to it, and respond with our words and actions, then and only then can we live a life that God has called us to live, and not be in confusion, and not be in fear. We like to take the issues in our lives and kind of just categorize them into neat little ways. Uh, we like to think that, you know, the stress that I'm receiving from work, 
oh, well, that's a mental issue. That's a mental problem that I have. Oh, the pains that I'm feeling, oh, that might be a physical issue. But my inability to pray, well, that's the spiritual issue. Uh, but today, we're actually reminded through the Word of God that everything is a God issue. There's nothing that is outside of His realm. There's nothing that He does not control. And the greatest lie that we tell ourselves is that we are responsible for the lives that we lead. And I pray that everyone here worshiping with us today is able to reflect back on all the different aspects of your lives instead of dividing them one by one and trying to address them in different ways that we first begin with a total surrender to God. Uh, it doesn't matter where that issue is coming from, that we respond first and foremost by totally surrendering to God and by saying that God is not only in control of my religion, God is not only in control of my spirituality, but He is present and alive in my relationships, in my workplace, in my finances, and everywhere else in my life. Let us pray. Uh, dear Lord, we thank You for giving us today's word and reminding us that everything is in your control, that you are the sovereign Lord of this whole world, you are our creator, and through you, Lord, we're able to know what life we're supposed to uh, lead. Pray, Lord Father God, in all the different aspects of our lives that we're able to totally surrender to you, that we never have ourselves, myself, over you, that it's not my will over your will, but it's always your will that reigns in my life. Lord, if there's an area in my life that we are unable to do so, help me now, Lord. Help me to let go and just be able to surrender instead to you. Lord, we thank you and we love you and we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Oh uh -huh.